0: It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to be with you. By the way, please join us during the week. Fox Business. Name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. If you can't get us at 4, you can text your favorite 9-year-old, and she will show you how to DVR the show. Can't miss a thing. It does play again from 7 to 8, rerun. And here on the radio, you can catch us live streaming on the Internet, larrykudlowshow.com, larrykudlowshow.com. There's all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, including the Milky Way, so you can't miss a thing here. So we're going to look at the stock market. Uh, let's bring in our guests right away. We have Jack Berugian, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group we have Michael Zanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media and co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. So, gentlemen, uh, front page of the Wall Street Journal this morning, S&P 500 pushes above 5,000 mark on economic strength. Uh, the indexes, the NASDAQ, the S&P and the Dow have risen during 14 of the past 15 months the S and P 500 hasn't had a run like that since a stretch that ended in March of 1972, which was followed by a very bad stretch, but uh, we won't go there at the moment. Um, Persistent strength in labor markets, corporate earnings continue to grow. Uh, We'll get a fresh read on inflation and retail sales this coming week. And the tech sector continues to do very well. And I notice, uh, and producer Drosch talked about chipmaker NVIDIA continues to lead the pack up 3.6%. Boy, that's something. NVIDIA, how about that? So um, I want to add one more thing, though. I, I was reading uh, Ed Hyman's stuff. Uh, he pointed out in one of his reports this past week that, um, let's see, S&P earnings for the fourth quarter, the consensus is now 215 and that would give you a price earnings ratio of twenty three times on the s and p so that's a little pricey uh I don't want to throw a monkey wrench into this story, but I just wonder how long this can go so Michael Zanian, why don't you start us off? How long can this go, and what is your outlook and is i I'm, if, if I'm
1: he, suspect I'm very
0: suspect, and you know it's very interesting,
1: guys. we sort of have this big bifurcation. in in what's happening in the economy. And I sort of split it into two groups. The income statement side, which is what Wall Street seems to be fully focused on, the news has been positive. We've had earnings growth, we've had strong consumer spending, we've had an uptick in productivity, all good. But you go to the balance sheet side and the news has been really, really bad, right? The CBO report that came out Mm -hmm. projecting deficits, There hasn't been much CapEx spending. Small banks and their real estate uh, situation is is not good. Uh, There's there's a lot of concern there. And and delinquency rates on on credit cards and auto loans uh, spiked to their highest level since the Great uh, Recession, according to the New York uh, Fed report that came out. So there's this real, real split, and – I'm of the school that I just don't think the labor market is as strong as as some of the optimists believe it to be. And therefore, I don't think consumer spending is going to continue uh, to be as strong as it's been. So I'm concerned about that. Most of the job gains since February of last year have been part-time work. And and it's been heavily driven the full-time jobs by the government. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe that's one reason, guys, why – you know, if you look at the GDP numbers, which is sort of the spending version of the economy versus the gross domestic income version of the economy, there's a huge, huge gap. GDP is, is up like, what, three, three and a half percent, but GDI is, is, is up less than one percent. So uh,
0: I, I'm, I'm very cautious at this point. And this measure gross output, which was started by Mark Skousen, uh, professor out in California, it's a business-to-business measure. That thing's been down, to, flat to down. In fact, business itself, when you look at the investment side of the GDP accounts, business investment's been flat. And so business exactly. is business kind of tottering on a recession. You're right, consumers are strong, government is very strong. Uh, of course, that CBO report, I was talking to Kevin Hassett earlier, that does not bode well for the future economy unless those spending and deficits and borrowing is curbed. But you're right. I mean, you make you make good distinctions, Mike Ozani. and I think, I think those are some things people have to worry about. Look, the Cudlow trust is doing very well. I own the index. I always own the index. So what the heck? I'm happy to see it go up. But um, Jack Bruggen, what do you think? How do you see this story? I think Mike hit the nail on the head. And I, and I'll tell you, why. Something's
2: broke in the market. And, and I'll give you an example of why it's broke. There is no short interest anymore. Nobody wants to be short this market. And you and I know as, as veterans, it doesn't work that way. You can't have this kind of irrational exuberance, to use words that Chairman Greenspan used, and have it continue. It's not something that has legs, that has traction. Now, having said that, You have to be surprised. You have to be surprised at how well the market has done, how well they've navigated through this entire mess. And the one thing that I will point out, and I did take a step back and do a little research, and I thought to myself, what's been causing this? You know, Stocks are now up 15% since the Fed started raising rates. Most of it has been over the course of the last seven months. And what happened starting seven months ago? President Trump's whole numbers started getting better, and you started seeing Biden's numbers going down. There is a strong correlation there between the appetite for risk that took control of the market back in, in late September, early October, and, and, to, and it's here to this very day. It, it's actually kind of surprising on the one hand, but on the other hand, it explains why the markets are doing so well in spite
0: of Bidenomics because it's being pulled forward. Well, I, I have seen those charts and um you know where my sympathies are <laughs> regarding the presidential election. I just think it's a little I don't know. I, I, I it's a, there's a lot of factors in the stock market. The political factor is an interesting uh, an interesting point and um uh, the markets are rallying while this Robert Hur report came out. So I I understand the point of view. I'm, I'm not sure I buy it, but I understand it. It's a, it's a nice point of view uh, to a person like myself. Um, Jack Bruggen, what's doing in the commodity markets? I, I watch them very carefully. Look, It looks like commodity prices are fairly stable right now. I watch the CRB and the, whatever it's called, the Goldman Sachs, the S&P Goldman Sachs. It looks like that's fairly stable. Is that your read? It's, it's bifurcated, actually, Larry. Uh, you know, if you look at certain things
2: like – uh, natural gas is under two dollars. It's as cheap as it's been in, in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at copper; that's that's under four dollars. That's good. But when you look at the softs, you look at sugar, you look at cocoa. Uh, it's the wild west there. You look at cattle; it's it's on its its nearest all time highs. So so there there is a big division there. There's still some problems within the supply chain that need to be corrected. But the the big crux question that we all have, especially with commodity prices, is the question of China and whether there'll be some contagion. There. There. Uh, remember china is going to go through deflation over the course of the next year you see it happening with their real estate you see it happening with everything around them and the question is whether we're going to see any of that leak over we have disinflation now which is good
0: the question is whether
2: that turns into outright deflation which is bad
0: well um in yesterday's radio i do a hit uh, for john katsimatidis the owner of this station uh, he's a very good investor uh the He raised the point about supply problems in the Suez Canal and the Red Sea. Now, we're not seeing that in the pricing, but um, insurance rates uh, are way up. And uh, obviously, people are bypassing some of those seaways. Is Is that out there? Is that a risk? You don't see it yet. You don't see it in the oil markets, which I always look at first. Uh, is that's, it, that's, the place, that's the only place you'd really see it yeah. affected. I, I mean, and, and quite frankly, I mean, we do see some of
2: it. Uh, for example, shipments that are going uh, uh, cocoa sugar that are coming out of Africa or going from Brazil across over into the into the Indian region into the Indian Ocean. There are problems with some of those shipments, but that's not that's not what runs the world. You mm-hmm. and I know that crude runs the world. Mm-hmm. And as far as crude is concerned, who are the biggest producers? You know, that, that's the, the, the quiet little secret that the that the Biden administration won't tell anybody is that we're producing more crude now than ever before in history.
0: Well, by a cat's uh, whisker, it's 13.2 million barrels a day. It was 13.1 pre-COVID. We should be at 14 or 15 million barrels a day.
2: Well, the reality is we probably will be one day. The the, the question is whether, uh, you know, he continues to lie to his constituency, uh, you know, and that's that's really what that's all about.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mike Ozanian, the 10-year note back to 418. Actually, interest rates went up quite a bit this week. Um, not the short rate that's stuck. That's not going to cut rates. Michael Zane. I mean, they're not going to cut rates. There's no reason for them to cut rates.
1: No. Uh, one of the things that, well, maybe I'm too old school to discuss. Can we still talk about the money supply? I'm not yes. really sure. Yes. Really. You know, they really had choked off. The money supply had gone into negative ter- territory going about a year. But on a month over month basis, the last few months, it started to increase again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So given that and and given where, you know, inflation, the rate of growth had slowed. But now the last couple of months, it's sort of plateaued, if you will. It's Mm -hmm. not gone down anymore. So I think given the money supply, given where the inflation rate is, I don't see uh, the Fed cutting. And, And look, you know, something that you guys know better than I, the Fed can't control long term rates, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I would not be a buyer of bonds because I, I don't see uh long term interest rates coming down. I, I I really don't see that. And I think going forward it's gonna be a very tough slogging through in terms of the economy, inflation and the interest rates. Uh and it's gonna be very you know You started this off by talking about how the market is priced, and it kind of brought me back to the late 90s where, you know, you had all these tech companies like Dell and and these others, and they were trading at really high price-earnings ratios, and people were saying, well, look at their margins, look at their growth rate, don't be concerned about price-earnings ratios. And then lo and behold, a a few years later, a lot of these stocks came crashing down. You know, price does matter. Mm-hmm. And I think you're asking about risk, Larry. And I think the valuations relative to risk are out of whack. I think valuations are too high relative to risk.
0: Well, that was uh, Ed Hyman's point. I think this thing's getting too pricey. Uh, the money's fly, you know, uh, look, I was trained as a monetarist a million years ago in college. But um, it did predict the lower inflation rate. But you would have expected a recession. That's the flaw in that model. You go from 20% round numbers, actually it's about 25%, down to minus something, 4 or 5% over an 18-month period. Yes, inflation came down, as per Friedman, but you would have expected money, GDP, and the economy to tank, and it never did. It's fascinating. Right. I don't know that we understand that, but it's one of many models. The leading economic indicators model hasn't worked. The inverted yield curve model hasn't worked. Uh, It's just an interesting theoretical uh, proposition. Anyway, gentlemen, I've got to take a theoretical commercial break to pay for this show. (laughs) Jack Perugian, Global Smart Commodity Group, Mike Ozanian, Assistant Managing Editor of Forbes Media, and co-host of the great show Forbes Sports Money. That thing's on Yes Network. Uh, Steve Forbes was on the TV show last night and talked about Mrs. Wilson. Mrs. Wilson, now, Jill Biden is directing the White House because her husband is not capable, apparently, according to the Robert Hur report and other pieces of evidence. So you have to go back in time to 1919 and 1920. It's even older than Steve Forbes and I actually are. But, 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 it, was, but it was Edith Wilson. Remember, Woodrow Wilson had a stroke, and he was incapacitated. And they kept him in his bedroom, and it was Edith Wilson who ran the government for about a year and a half. And so Steve Forbes blurts this out, and our entire panel spent the next 10 minutes laughing. It was the greatest thing (laughs) I've ever seen. Uh, Rich Lowry was on, uh, John Carney, myself. Anyway, your your boss is just the most wonderful human being. He is amazing. I've learned so much from him yes, over the years. I know. He's, he's, he's a genuine treasure. Yeah, a gargantuan intellect. You're exactly right, and a, and a very sweet-mannered person. Um, Michael Zanin, I, I, one of you said you wouldn't invest in bonds. I can't remember which one, but I'm going to ask you both sides. Where would you invest? Would you stay in the stock market, or would you lighten up? I mean, you know, you get paid 5% plus in cash. So I just wonder whether that's an option.
1: Uh, For me, you know, I'm going to. We talked about bifurcation a lot. So I'm going to, you know, the big cap tech stocks, the growth stocks have really carried this market Mm. over the past decade. The small cheap stocks have fallen way behind the S and P 500. A very inexpensive way to play the small cheap stocks now is with the Vanguard Small Cap Value Fund, mm. uh, LSV Small Cap. Markets rotate, as you know, sectors rotate. I'm not a genius; I can't time it, mm. but uh, I do know they rotate, and I think that's a good bet. My second play would be, as you guys know, because you're big sports fans, there was that new streaming joint venture announced last uh, oh, week. That's right. Yes, but Disney, yes. Fox, and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. But I don't think what a lot of people realize, I I, I think Fox is a good investment based off of this. Mm. Uh, And and the reason why I say that uh, is that uh, of the three companies that are partnered in the JV, only Fox has nearly all of its networks included in the new streaming package. And and the way I see this is it means that it has the most to gain from the incremental subscribers it could attract. Mm. And it also has – uh, the least to lose from any cannibal- cannibalization. In other words, people no longer watching on linear TV and going to streaming. Right. So, I-, I think the Murdochs uh, did a really, really
0: smart thing here. And, and uh, well, the Mur- uh, the, of course, I work for Fox Media, but I, I will say the Murdochs are very smart. Jack and I got thirty seconds. Favorite investment, uh, at- buddy. Look at the exchanges, CME Group, ICE. Remember, they're going to take advantage of
2: all the volatility that we see coming in over the course of the next 12 months. That's a good way to play it all.
0: All right, terrific stuff. We'll leave NVIDIA and Alphabet and Microsoft high-flyers. They'll probably still high-fly. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate it very, very much. Jack Perugian and Mike Ozanian. Folks, hang out. We're going to have Liz Peek and uh, Steve Moore, money and politics, next up on Kudlow.